Welcome to day 271 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're in our third season together. Story of the prophets and the prophets, you know, bring to us, you know, both you know, horrific, you know, portraits of judgment. And in this particular case, uh, we've been reading Ezekiel chapter 16, a very horrific portrait of our sin. Uh, we look at the images we're reading in this chapter in horror because they are graphic and they are strong and uh, they hit us at a very, you know, very deep emotional, you know, kind of level. And we begin to realize what our sin looks like and what our sin feels like, you know, as a God. Uh, you know, for us, we we, we kind of live in an atmosphere of casual attitude toward, you know, idolatries and where our affections go and how we spend our affections. Um, but it's never casual to God who created us for himself. And not only created us for himself, but created us to find our ultimate rest and ultimate fullness in him. And we exchange these things, you know, the good gifts that he has given us for, for cheap substitutes, you know, that'll never satisfy. So we finish up this very, you know, graphic picture, you know, that we've been reading in for the last couple of days. And we'll finish up today. Long extended metaphor. And uh, it really conveys in a deep and a guttural way uh, the impact of our sin on a, on a holy God. So we pick up in Ezekiel in a chapter 16. Our reading has been a little different than the reading on the apps. We've kind of broken it up in a way that's a little bit more part of the natural flow of the text. So we'll pick up in verse 44 and read through the end of the chapter you know, as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that every time we come to it, we remember that it has your breath in it, that every one of these words are breathed out by you. And we thank you that you have, through your spirit, put your breath in us. So the very thing you've breathed out, you breathe in us through your Holy Spirit. And we ask that by your spirit, we'd be confronted with our sin, with your grace, and with the hope that we have in you. Pray that you would stir our affections and, and turn them towards you, that we would not cheaply give ourselves and our affections away to things that really count for so very little, that we would give them to a living and true God who, who loves us and is jealous for us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel sixteen forty four. Everyone who quotes uh, Proverbs will quote this Proverbs about you, like mother, like daughter. You're a true daughter of your mother who despised her husband and her children, and you're a true sister of your sisters who despised their husbands and their children. Your mother was a Hittite and your father an Amorite. Your older sister was Samaria who lived in the north of you and her daughters, and your younger sister who lived the south of you with her daughters was Sodom. You not only followed their ways and copied their detestable practices, but in all your ways you soon became more depraved than they. Surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, your sister Sodom and her daughters never did what you and your daughters have done. And this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them, as you have seen. Samaria did not commit half the sins you did. You have done more detestable things than they, and have made your sisters seem righteous by all the things that you have done. Bear your disgrace, for you have furnished some justification for your sisters, because your sins were more than theirs. They appear more righteous than you. So then be ashamed and bear your disgrace, for you have made your sisters appear righteous. 
However, I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and her daughters and of Samaria and her daughters and your fortunes along with them so that you may bear your disgrace and be ashamed of all that you have done in giving them comfort. And your system Sodom with her daughters and Samaria with her daughters will return to what they were before and you and your daughters will return to what you were before. You would not even mention your sister Sodom in the day of your pride before your wickedness was uncovered. Even so, you are now scorned by the daughters of Edom and all her neighbors and the daughters of the Philistines, all those around you who despise you. You'll bear the consequences of your lewdness and your detestable practices, declares the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will deal with you as you deserve, because you have despised my oath by breaking my covenant. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish with you an everlasting covenant. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you receive your sisters, both those who are older and younger than you and those those who are younger. <laughs> I will give them to you as daughters, but on the basis of my covenant with you. So I establish my covenant with you, and you will know that I am the Lord. Then when I make atonement for you and all that you have done, you will remember and be ashamed and never again open your mouth because of your humiliation, declares the sovereign Lord. So we have a very ugly picture you know, brought together with a very, uh, very beautiful end note that I, even though you have forgotten the covenant, I will remember the covenant and I will atone for you. In other words, you will not pay for your wickedness, but I'll pay for your wickedness and restore it. And then you know, there's just this nice little simple reminder, and then, then you won't open your mouth. In other words, you were able to look down on Sodom and, and speak of her, and you were able to look down on the Samaritans and speak of them. But now you will realize uh, that uh, your sins are every bit as great as theirs, and the grace you know, to redeem you is every bit as necessary as the grace to redeem them. And of course, you even have in the middle of it his promise to redeem Sodom and his, his promise to redeem Samaria mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You also have the, kind of this vivid picture of even how we closed last, uh, yesterday's reading of just like, you know, God says, I'm going to send a mob. You know, that mob's going to beat you and stone you, hack you to pieces. It almost seems like the destruction that is coming and the judgment that's coming Israel's way is just unredeemable in one sense, right? Of They're done. And yet you get this kind of reversal at the end where you, God tells him, I will deal with you as you deserve because you have despised my oath by breaking the covenant. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. And all of a sudden you begin to see that through judgment, this, this salvation is coming. This greater covenant, you know, is, is to be revealed, this new covenant. And so just... You know, kind of seeing the way that God works here is is pretty remarkable. But even as we've been reading this chapter, it's like, man, this is brutal. And then at the end, it's, but God is faithful to who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's good news for the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of course, the covenant, you know, on Sinai with the people of Israel was not an everlasting covenant. It was a covenant, you know, based on, you know, uh, faithfulness. And, and they had been unfaithful. The everlasting covenant, of course, will be the new covenant that we live under in which, you know, God will indeed make an atonement for us. And it's not based on our faithfulness, but based on the faithfulness of the one who uh, died on the cross you know, for our sins. So we uh, come before God in, in his presence, not based on our performance, but on his performance, not on our sacrifice, but on his sacrifice, not based on our righteousness, but on God's mercy and grace in the new covenant. Hmm. And 
I just noticed that um, he repeats more than once this phrase of bear your disgrace. And he's telling them that they're going to have to bear their disgrace. And, and they do, I mean, think about how much disgrace that would, that would be, I mean, to be told by God that your enemies, the ones that did utterly detestable things in the sight of the Lord, um, are, are better than you. (laughs) Um, that's, that's disgrace and they're told to bear it and they have to bear it. And, but yet, I just can't help but look ahead at what Jesus did. I mean, he bore our disgrace. He he alone bore our disgrace. And yet when the Israelites had to bear it over and over again because of um, what they had done, our, our our Savior bore our disgrace once and for all. And and um he he did it. And and when we read the story of his crucifixion, I mean hopefully we feel the weight of what that took for him to do. Um, and we don't just kind of, I don't know, just think, wow, that's really cool. But see, I mean, what he did was he bore the disgrace that we absolutely deserve. And unfortunately, I think just in our, as we live our day-to-day lives, it's just so easy to to think, you know, we're doing okay. Like we're doing a good job. Like we're trying really hard to be good people. And, but we deserve, we, we deserve to bear such disgrace and we were enemies of God, but because of what Jesus has done, we don't have to. And I just, so I don't know. I just was, was struck by that. In a very, you know, very nice image. We, uh, we do not bear our disgrace or our sin. He bore it, you know, for us on, on the cross. Uh, we should, however, you know, remember who we were. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we, 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 we get a picture, you know, that we've been redeemed because of something in us rather than we were redeemed because of something in God. Mm-hmm. And that does put us on equal footing with our, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, in this particular image, our sisters, whether they be Sodom or Samaria, you know, those who are, whose, you know, theology is not as sophisticated as us or those whose behavior is not as pure as ours, as far as our judgment Mm -hmm. goes, that all of us share the same shame and that shame has been placed on him. And that gives us, you know, a common footing, you know, at at, at the cross, we've been forgiven much and, and we ought to love much and we ought to rejoice a lot in the grace that have been given because our sins have been atoned for yeah. finally and, and decisively in Christ. It should affect not only our affection for God, but also our compassion, you know, toward each other. Yeah. And it reveals to us who we truly are. You know, that's one of the things that we see here is it, Israel just was not in their pride, uh, was unwilling to look and see the depths of their sinfulness. And so, they, they boasted in the fact that they wouldn't even say Sodom or, you know, Samaria is what it says here. You would not even mention your sister Sodom in the day of your pride before your wickedness was uncovered until you, you know, until I laid, you know, to bear your sinfulness. But even, I mean, for God to look at Israel and say your sinfulness was was so sinful, so wicked that you made Sodom, you know, you made Samaria look righteous. You gave them an excuse. Yeah. You know, they could look at you and excuse their behavior. And far from being, you know, the display people you were called to be, the holy people and the kingdom of priests, you know, to compel people because of the excellencies of my grace in you. 
uh, to know me and come to me. You're just the opposite. You're an excuse for them to be even to you know, pursue idols, you know, the, the way that you pursue idols as well. And that's something, you know, that we need to be very, you know, very cognizant of in the church that uh, in, in our tendency to take our sin very lightly, uh, we've earned not the respect of those around us, but we have uh, earned the scorn of those around us and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and defamed our, our Lord in the grace, you know, that we were, we were called by mm-hmm. and uh, to live in light of the gifts that we have been given in Him. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's been a it's been an interesting week and shaped by the word. Dealt with some very strong, uh, you know, and graphic images. There will be more as we read through the prophets, but this is this is the height of them, <laughs> you know, in the in the book of in the book of Jeremiah. Father, thank you for a, a portrait of our sin, but more than that, thank you for one who atones. Mm-hmm. In all of our unfaithfulness, we thank you that you remember your covenant, and we thank you for the new covenant that's sealed for us in the broken body and the spilled out blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. May you stir our hearts and our affections to be true to the one who has been so true to us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.